So, uh, today is Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, today that we celebrate our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And uh, let's uh, turn to Matthew 27, and we're going to have quite a bit of text we're going to start off with today, and then uh, see where the Lord takes us with that. We kind of segued a little bit last week. We talked a little bit about Palm Sunday as we came off her. We've been talking a lot about fear and faith and, and these things. And we're going to see how Jesus is alive and well today. We're going to see how what he did so many years ago is still relevant today. First, let's have a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to get into your word today. Father, we thank you for everything that you do in our lives. Father, I just ask you to open our hearts and minds to receive this message today. Father, just take myself out of the way, Father, and let your true message shine through. We ask this in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. Matthew 27, and in verse 32. And as they came out, they found a man, Siren Simon by name, and they called him to care and bear the cross. And when they were come upon in the place of God, they say the place of the skull. And they gave him vinegar to drink mingled with gall. And when they had tasted therefore, he would not drink. And they crucified him, and they parted his garments, casting lots that may be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, that they parted my garments among them, and upon thy vesture they did cast lots. And sitting down they watched him, and set over his head a cursing and written, This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. And then there were two thieves crucified with him, one on the right hand and the other on the left. And when they passed by, they revealed, they wagged their heads and saying, Thou destroyest thy temple, thou build it in three days, save thyself. If thou be the Son of God, come down from the cross. Likewise, also the chief priests mocking him, and the scribes and elders say, He saved others. Himself he cannot save, but who being the king of Israel, let him come now down from the cross, and we will believe him. He trusted in God, and let him deliver him now. If he will have them, for say them, I am the son of God. For the thieves also which crucified him cast the same in his teeth. Now from the sixth hour there was darkness over all until the ninth hour. And from the ninth hour Jesus cried out in a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lama, sabbatah. Thou saying, My God, my God, why art thou forsaking me? Some of them, as saying, stood there, they heard and said, and a man called Elijah. And straight away one of them ran and took a sponge and filled it with vinegar and put it on a reed and gave him the drink. And the rest said, Let it be, let us see whether Elijah will come and save him. Jesus, when he cried out again in a loud voice, yielded up the ghost. And behold, the veil of the temple would rent and twain from the top to the bottom, and the earth did quake and the rocks rent. And the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints that which slept arose. And it came out the graves of the restoration, and went unto the holy city, and appeared unto many. And then when the Syrian went on and there, and with him watching Jesus, and the earthquake, and those things were done, they feared greatly, and said, Truly, this was the Son of God. And many women were beholding afar, which followed Jesus from Galilee, ministering to him. Among thee was Mary Magdalene, and Mary, the mother of James and Joseph, and their mother, Zebedee, and the children. Every king or queen, they have their army. They have a group of loyal soldiers that's willing to lay down their life for their defense. 
present day, we have our, our president, and he has a secret service that surrounds him. They're willing to fill that role to protect him in any means. Even the governor has the legions of state troopers that follow him around and provide his security. You know, the thing about these people is they have a common belief is that they are more important to us alive than dead. And there is not one of them that would be willing to lay down their life for the people that they serve. We are our leader, our savior. He was willing to go it alone. To forsake his army. We know that at any point he could have called legions of angels. He could have came right down off that cross. He did not have to do what he did. But he freely and willingly laid down his life for all of us. All these leaders we talk about, they surround themselves with people, advisors, people that can help them, help them do. Jesus was all of that. He knew everything, everything that was going to happen, everything that was to be done, and he did it. And just let's think about that for a moment. He knew what was coming. We look back there when he's praying in the garden and he's praying to his father, if there be any other way, please let that take place. We saw that he sweat great drops of blood because he knew. Now many of us, we have situations in our lives that we are going to go through. We know that it's coming and we think about it and we worry about it and we are fearful about it because we expect the worst case scenario and we think about all the different things that could go wrong and for most of us usually when we get to that point things are not as bad as we make it up in our minds mainly because we have god that's seeing us through it that's helping us through it that's guiding our path jesus knew exactly what he was to face. He knew what the pain was going to be. What the fear was going to be. What he would have to endure. He was unfairly judged. They left it up to the people. Who was to be freed? Was it to be Jesus or Barabbas? And the people chose Barabbas. They put Jesus up there. And Jesus is the only one that has ever walked this earth that has been completely sin free. Not the any other person can say that. He did not deserve that more than anyone else. Yet he was unfairly judged, wrongfully convicted. 
You ever been blamed for something you didn't do? You ever had to bear that burden? Got caught up into something that really wasn't your fault? What did that feel like? That's what happened with Jesus. He was not understood by the people. He was wrongfully convicted. He was treated poorly because he was speaking the truth. When we stand up for what we believe in, many times we are persecuted. When we stand up for God, we are persecuted. And Jesus paid the ultimate sacrifice. He was mocked. He was made fun of. This is the king of kings. And he was treated as a joke. They put a crown of thorns upon his head. They put up a sign mocking him. They hurt him. You ever been the butt of a joke? You ever been embarrassed? You ever been made fun of? We've all been through pain. We've had different things happen to us in our life. Physical pain, you might have broke a bone. You might have had a surgery. You might have had an illness. Emotional pain. Someone hurt you. Someone left you. Someone done you wrong. We all know what that feels like. That was nothing compared to what Jesus went through. Let's just uh, think about that for a minute. He was beaten. They whipped him. And there's a scripture that says, by the stripes of Jesus, we are healed. And if you look at that in the original translation, it is not plural. It is stripe. And the reason that is because there was nothing left. There was nothing to deviate from one lash to the other. His entire back was ripped apart. One stripe because it was all raw flesh. I can't imagine what kind of pain that had to be. Leather, pieces of bone and rock striping you repeatedly, repeatedly. He was forced to carry his own cross. That crown of thorns, that was more than just a joke. That was driven down into his skull. Blood ran from it. We complain about a little headache and we take some ibuprofen. Can you imagine the pain and the suffering that was? And think about that for a moment. You know, I've been in pain. And I'm not the best 
patient. I can tell you, I'm not the best patient. I want it to stop. You know, when you hurt so bad, you can't even even think. You know, you can't even pray because the pain is your entire focus on it. If you think back to the times that you were in great pain, whether it be physical or emotional pain, you know, if you could just do something to make it stop. That's why we have people that turn to to alcohol, to turn to drugs, to take their own lives, because there is a pain that they want to stop. And we see Jesus in this moment of emotional pain, being mocked, being put down, being unbelieved. For three years he went through, he's spreading the gospel, telling people who he is, and at this point no one believes he is who he tells them there is. They make fun of him. They turn on him. They mock him. They make fun of him. And then they put him through trenderous physical pain. They beat him. They spit on him. They put a crown of thorns upon his head. They take his clothes. They tear it up, split it amongst them. They treat him worse than trash. Now, if any of us had been in that situation and all we had to do was say the word and the pain would stop, how many of us would have pushed that button? How many of us would have made it stop? But not Jesus. He had his father's work to do. And he was willing to do it for you and me and everyone else. Because he loved us that much. He was treated as a common criminal. Crucifixion is one of the most hideous ways that you can die. It's agonizing. It is considered a form of torture. You literally drowned in your own fluids. You can't breathe. You can no longer lift yourself up to be able to take that breath. And moment after moment after minute after hour went by, he sat there with that raw flesh up against that crudely wooden post with nails driven through his wrists and feet excruciating pain just to move your muscles just enough to be able to take that breath. And he endured each and every moment for you and for me. This is a very different, very different Resurrection Sunday than from any other we've had before. Usually on a day like today, we can count on having a few more people here. A few more turnout. We see that churches are closed all over the place. We see that we are living in a very different world than we were a few moments, a few months ago. And if we look, we look at the motivation of people. 
We see our leaders doing things, trying to make things better. But it also happens to be an election year where people are under scrutiny because they are looking for something. They are looking to make that leap, that next step, to be in everyone's good graces. We have people that's looking for, for fame, for notability, for recognition. They are looking for praise. And this is not just during the time of academic, uh, a pandemic. This is all the time we are motivated by something else. We want to hear, good job. We want to hear, look what I've done. Jesus only had one motivation. He wanted to restore what we messed up. You know, I think about I think about Jesus. You know, we all say that we want to be more like Jesus. We want to be more like Jesus. We want to be more Christ-like. That's what we should strive for. And yes, we should strive for. But that is such huge shoes to fill. That is such a goal that it seems like it is just so far away. If we really look at ourselves and look at what we're doing in our lives each and every day, and that we, we do these things, you know, we, we come to church and we give and we do all this kind of thing like that, but are we truly being more like Christ? Because we are so motivated by so many different things. We want to hear, good job. When someone, when someone messes something up for us, we have no desire to want to restore that. Most of the time, we want to get even. We want to have restitution. We want to have payback. I can only imagine... God created this wonderful world for us. He gave us everything that we needed. And we screwed it up. We fell. We made wrong choices. And not just in the beginning. Not just with Adam and Eve. But we continue to keep doing so each and every day. We have opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. We talk many times about making choices. That we can't walk down the middle. That we either are in the dark or in the light. And we want to walk right on that edge. We want to see what exactly we can get away with. We want to see exactly how little we can do and just get by instead of stepping up and say, okay, God, I am for you. What do you have me for this day? Or we slip over into the shadows where it's easier because the world says that's okay because that's what's politically correct. That's what's easier because you're going with the flow. It's comfortable. Do you think it was comfortable for Jesus to do everything that he did? Do you think it was comfortable that in his own hometown that 
He couldn't do any miracles because no one believed. Do you think he was comfortable that every time his disciples, the people that he had handpicked and trained, that every time that when it really counted, that their faith was not strong enough and he had to step in time after time after time. So many times we hear him say, "Be of little faith, little faith, little faith. That he had to give everything that he had. And yet, nothing changes. We fail to see everything that Jesus has done. For a lot of people, we think that Jesus is two things. He's Christmas and he's Easter. He was born and he died. That it's all about going to heaven. And that's it. There is so much more. So much more. In the text this morning, that veil was ripped. What a gift that was. Now, I'm not taking nothing away from heaven. I'm glad that I'm going there. And I know that I am because I have that promise. I've accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior and because the, the Word tells me, because I do so, because I believe that I will have a place there. So I know that I have a place there and I'm good with that. And I'm excited to get there when the time comes. But I'm also excited about what Jesus is doing for me today. I'm excited about what Jesus has done for me yesterday. I'm excited about what Jesus is doing for me tomorrow. So many times we get focused on the end game that we forget about what's happening right now. That veil has been ripped. We need nothing else. At any moment, at any time, we can go to the Father through Jesus and be able to have our request known. We can talk to our Heavenly Father again. That connection has been restored. Just as they talked with Him in the garden, we can talk with Him today. And He talks back. And now you're probably thinking, okay, well, I'm crazy. No, you're just not listening. He talks back. He is directing our steps. He is telling us what we need. The veil has been ripped. We have prayer. We have a tool that is so grand that can see us through anything we need to comfort. Jesus did it because He loves us. A love that only Jesus can give. That a love that we can only experience for Him. We have that right now. And we have that we can share with others. He's given us the kingdom. We've been talking about all these different ways, all these things that we need to do because we have to allow God into our lives and He gives us free will. Another gift. He gives us free will. But because of that, we have to allow Him into our lives. We have that way to allow Him into our lives because of Jesus. And we have access to the kingdom of heaven. Because of His sacrifice on the cross, we can choose to be part of the kingdom of heaven. We can be joint heirs with Jesus because of His sacrifice.
And we don't have to wait. We don't have to wait for it. It's not when we get there. We have it now. We just have to access it. Again, we have prayer. We can talk to Him. And finally, we have healing. By the stripes of Jesus, we are healed. Many people think that those kind of things are over with. That He doesn't do that anymore. But we see it, evidence of it each and every day. People come through amazing things. Things that you think are going to put you down and they recover. And it's inspirational. We see people with disabilities and how they overcome. That is God. That is through Jesus. And many of us, we are suffering through ailments. Not because God doesn't heal anymore. It's because we don't know how to access that healing power. Because we don't take the time to study His Word. To learn what He's already told us. When we see miracles, that's not fraud. That's not random. That is the power of God. And He's not just picking and choosing who gets it and who doesn't. It's what you believe. Where your faith is. God is still here with us. The events on that cross didn't just happen thousands of years ago. They are still happening today. That power is still there today. He loves us. He wants us to succeed. He wants us to be happy. He wants us to be healthy. He wants us to be whole. And you know, Satan doesn't want us to believe that. He doesn't want to know that. He wants us to be miserable. And he's doing a good job of it. We have to make a choice. We have to trust in Him. Don't let fear control you. Don't let doubt, worry, all these smoke screens that the devil puts up. We have a truth. We have a Lord and Savior that is alive and well. Because He did more than just die. Three days later, He came right out of that tomb. Isn't that really the ultimate power? And He didn't just do it for the publicity. Because He's still sitting there on the right hand of God. And he's intervening for us each and every day. He is there for us. He is here right now because the word says where two or three are gathered, he is in the midst. He is with us today. He is with us always. He is inside of us. He is part of us. So what are we going to do about it? Are we going to let Satan... Destroy. 
what Jesus gave so much to give us? Are we going to let some smoke and mirrors, some lies, some hidden darkness cover up this grand light, this ultimate power that we each and every one of us share? Are we going to celebrate Jesus? Are we going to share that love? Are we going to embrace everything he's done? Choice is yours. Please bow with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you for the opportunity to, to be up here today, Father. And I know, Father, that I did not do you justice, that there is just so much that today represents that what you did, your sacrifice represents, Father. And so much that you do for us each and every day that words cannot describe. And I just praise you for it, Father. I praise you for each and everything that you do. From the grand gesture of sending your son, for him dying for us, Father. And for the each and every little moment that we take for granted and do not see, Father. From the top to the bottom, Father. We praise you for it. And Father, I hope and pray, Father, that, that people can begin to understand. And through all this, Father, that this is a wake-up call. That... It is time for us to start seeing who you truly are, Father, and for our passion to bubble up that we can start wanting to get to know you more, relying on you, Father, for everything instead of relying on ourselves and relying on others, Father, that you are truly our source. And we thank you that you are our source, Father. We thank you that you're here for us. We just thank you for everything that you're doing, Father. And Father, if there's anyone that's hearing my voice today that needs to make a decision, Father, that they need to turn their life over to you. If they need to join a church, Father, be part of a, a Bible-believing community, Father. If they need to make a change from their current situation, Father, into something new. If they just need to have a change of heart, Father, a change of direction. That they can see through the darkness, Father, that the chains will be broken, the shackles will come off, Father, and then moves can be made today, Father. That that fire in that heart will be so strong that whatever's holding them back will be overcome. Father, we ask you for, for growth and for healing, Father. And we just thank you for the people that's here today. We thank you for everything that you're doing, Father. In the name of Jesus, we ask these things. Amen. You'll please stand and turn to page 383 in your hymnals.